Hello, and welcome to the Pints and Princesses Monday Morning Update! Hey listeners, we are about to publish the next episode on The Little Mermaid, so keep an eye on your podcast feeds, because it'll drop any day now. And we'd like to just, you know, if you want to, take an opportunity to go ahead and watch the movie. I think uh, you'll get a lot out of the podcast if you've seen it and it's kind of fresh in your mind, so sit down with your kids, get on the couch... Watch The Little Mermaid. It's a great movie. And enjoy a pint of your family's favorite beverage, be it a one of our type of pints or uh, a morning type of pint, as we're having this morning, of coffee, mm. uh, perhaps milk, lemonade. There's so many options. Let us know what you guys think about the show. Shoot us an email at info at, no, that's wrong. It's <laughs> hello at pintsandprincesses.com, info at hammertech.com. Um, you can also visit our new website, pintsandprincesses.com. Uh, you can leave us comments there. You can also leave and voice... buy us a beer. <laughs> That's right. You can, uh, through our Anchor platform, you can uh, leave us a voice message if you want to be a part of the show. Uh, we, and you can also support the podcast there. Uh, help us, uh, provide us with the beer that makes this show fun. And we now hope you enjoy this sneak peek from The Little Mermaid. We get an image of Ariel that I think this is also rather divergent from past princesses is this kind of adventurousness. Maybe a little bit of that in Sleeping Beauty, right? Like she has a, she kind of has a yearning to mm-hmm. like go out and adventure, maybe, but certainly not like this, right? Like this is facing peril, wilderness alone, and as we'll see, it's, it's rather a dangerous excursion. She goes into this ship. And she's totally laser-focused on finding these artifacts of humans such that she doesn't notice that this enormous shark is going to try and eat her and flounder. Yeah, so that cuts us into kind of the first action-packed scene. As we were talking, we were talking a little bit about before, man, this movie just moves. It moves so fluidly, if you will, (laughs) from one thing to the next. Also an element that that we talked about being missing from Sleeping Beauty was the the physical humor, Mm. which is here in spades. I mean, movie is full of it. And it's not even like uh, with The Seven Dwarves where it was like, you know, in a couple places of the movie or with The Mice where it kind of breaks up the story. No, like. It is all the way through this movie. Right, that's right. It's integrated into the story. It's always moving the story. It's moving the characters. But you're right, it's present throughout. Right. I mean, we, we already talked about it with uh, Sebastian falling out of his chariot, right? Yes. <laughs> we have Flounder in this scene where they're exploring right. the sunken ship. Trying to squeeze through the porthole, mm-hmm. and, you know, then there's, like, the collapsing pieces. And then there's all the slapstick kind of, I don't know, chase scene of the shark. Which the shark is so larger than life, right? It's like (laughs) chomping through the floor of the ship, like... When did Jaws come out? Was that before or after? It's got to be before. It's got to be before. I mean, I always thought of kind of the Jaws movie in in that scene where it's like chomping through the wood, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I want to step back a second and talk a little bit more about the production. There's a couple of notes that we didn't mention yet. Yeah. I read that over a million bubbles were drawn in this movie, (laughs) which... Is a lot of bubbles. Well, and you know, I'll say I when the, when I started paying attention to it, they really do a good job of they use bubbles as a way to capture 
motion. Mm-hmm. You know, like it like adds activity to the screen that really draws your eyes towards the thing that they're trying to get done. And they also use the sound of the bubbles to mm-hmm. really add emphasis. That's right. Yeah, it's kind of like a it's it's sort of like a swooshing would be or something like that, but it it gives you the sensation of underwaterness. And it adds to the motion. Yeah, expertly done. You can see why they did so many. It's because it was. It turned out to be a very effective tool. They did contract a third-party studio in China, of all places, to to actually do the bubbles. Can you imagine getting that contract? Hey, we want a million bubbles. We'll pay one cent apiece. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I I can't imagine the logistical nightmare of how do you send them the plans. Or, like, are they flying film cartridges back and forth, like the reels? Yeah, I can't even imagine. I have no idea how that got coordinated. It sounds like a Herculean effort to me. (laughs) Just so that you don't have your... I guess you don't have expensive animators doing the work, but golly. Speaking of bubbles, why don't we refill these pints? All right. Well, so, what I've got here is... This is an American IPA. That is fish-themed, so it's called a two-hearted, and this is, I think, a, in the craft brew scene, I'd say that this has probably become a bit of a staple. Yes, it's beautiful color, you know, sort of this orange kind of amber, not as pale as like a lager, like this beautiful orangey color got really really strong hop flavor and smell i definitely smell the hops it's got a really interesting front note say it's 100 percent centennial hops which i don't have that much familiar with but it's a very unique beer all on its own it's not nearly as bitter as most ipas that's right even though it has a lot of hop going on it doesn't bite that hard it's actually Mm. fairly smooth and it even has a little bit of sweet to it it does you know yeah great drinker yeah and a classic yeah, as they say, aromas scumps. ranging from pine <laughs> to grapefruit. Scumps. As they say, scumps. Scumps.